What? Episode 121 of the Sims and Lefko podcast. I've learned to let the beat breathe a little bit. Oh, I, that's amazing. One, one of these days you'll learn to it let me, me breathe and talk, maybe. It took me to listen to the new Jay-Z album to understand how to handle beats. Did I, you listen to it? I have it? not listened to it yet. I sent it to I you will. illegally and you yes, didn't listen to I it. I did not yet. No. It's whoa, really good. Whoa. Illegal. Illegal. Come find him. How dare you rip off Jay-Z and Beyonce? They need that money. He, he's already, she needs another blow-off stomach. Uh, he's already platinum is in he really? like four days wow good for that's him. that's jay-z man. i like that he I, I read some of the quotes like i like that he took some shots at kanye here's my you hard can't thing let kanye go with this bull crap that he pulls All right, so it's one thing i don't like about our culture right, right now is i literally sat with that album yeah like lights off i'm being legitimate champagne i enjoy it. well there was a whole thing and okay. my girl was there and it was great but we listened to it like three or four times and I, the fact that like Instagram takes like one line and right. makes it like a whole thing, right. people don't even listen anymore. They just like, oh, who did he insult? No, it, come on, well, man. Well, that's going to be the first thing. No if doubt. you didn't take away from that album how to make money, how to live like an adult, like it was so well done and mature. But that's and the what fact the last that, album was about. And yeah. the one before that. Yeah, but this one was, but you know what the difference is? <laughs> I think now all the people like me are actually like ready to, to be <laughs> businessmen. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> now we're ready for you, Jay. <laughs> Josh, you didn't listen to it at all, did you? Oh, do do I look like I listened to it? Uh, we have another. I'll get around to it. Yeah, please do. We have another <laughs> special guest in the uh, the studio, and her name is Charlotte. Woo woo! Charlotte, you can you can take my headset, Charlotte. I'm going to sit this part of the podcast out. This everybody, is all you. everybody loved Philip. He was a shining star, and I'm I'm sure the first Charlotte. How old are you? Ten. I mean, eleven. Oh man, she just stum- turned eleven. Stum- wow! Congratulations. Uh, did you get anything good? I got new. F- I got fish. Ooh, you are a big animal lover. Loves your mm-hmm. animals. So, what animals? You have cats. You have fish. Chickens. Chickens. And a dog. And a dog. Yes. And a lot of people would say chickens in Connecticut. That's yep. crazy. But you take care of them. Yeah. Man, free range chickens. I saved one of their lives a few weeks ago. She was at a birthday party, and a dog in our neighborhood <gasps> got loose. And I thought, me and Philip are in the front yard throwing a football, and I go, oh, this dog's going to come over here and chase the football. It's cute. Bolts right to my backyard. It knew. And it, yes. it heard the because chicken. And I was it like, killed, it, it, it didn't bit kill, one of the ones already. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. It bit one of the ones already last year. And really? It Went right way. back there. We have two babies with a big one because oh, one no. has gotten eaten by the hawk. I've told you that. So you just start running. I'm run. I'm yelling. I'm literally like a woman running through our neighborhood. I'm go. The woman next to us, ah! whose his name is Wendy, <laughs> and I thought she knew this person that had this dog. I didn't know who this dog was, and I'm literally like, I saw the dog dart back there, and I was like, oh shit, the chickens. He's going to the chickens, and I'm literally like, Wendy, Wendy, grab your dog. And my like back's hurting too, and I had to jump off like an eight foot wall, and one of the chickens jumped in the sound, the Long Island Sound, to get and away this from the dog. Dog jumped after it. And what did you do? Did you jump in the water? It. They got back off the water, and just as the dog had his mouth on its wing, I grabbed the dog. How did you grab it? Because I would have been like, "Dog, let go!" Did you punch it in the face? No, I just grabbed it really hard in the neck, like the back. The way of you grab Josh. The way, yeah, I like to grab all of you. Precisely. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Josh, neck grab. Yeah. All right, and Surely. then the dog. The dog set, submitted. The woman who was two houses away from us was. She felt really bad. I'm sure, of course, but yeah. But I'm sure she's also like, "Why the fuck do they have chickens?" Yeah, I'm exactly right. It's, <laughs> I'm not mad at the dog. The dog's doing what a dog does. Yeah, Charlotte, what did you think when you heard this story? 
I was speechless. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. She knew so. I would save them, though. But no, this would be my issue with the whole dog thing, right there. Just to you get got this an issue. Well, well, what a surprise. Well, listen. I mean, if my God rest his soul, my German Shepherd ran around the neighborhood without a leash, oh, we would have fucking called the cops in Old Greenwich. All oh, this mean, scary. What kind of dog was it? You he never was a said. German Shepherd. I just said. No, my, no, 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 no. Oh. The dog that got loose. Oh, this was like an Akita. Like it was, a. It was like a golden retriever. Akita. Or something so like one that. of those cute little mixes. Like puppy, right, yeah. People right. go, ooh, what's oh, that? It's cute, but he bites for a living. No, that's no problem though. Okay. So yeah. Meanwhile, your dog was like the best that. trained dog of right, all time. Exactly. Uh, Charlotte, we know that you're going to grow up to be Doctor Quinn. <laughs> Animal woman, mm. you're going to be uh, Zoolander. You're going to speak with that's not accurate. Zootopia, <laughs> zookeeper. Uh, is that what you want to be when you get older? Yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. Well, what? Tell her why. Da- why does Daddy work? Why don't you tell them why Daddy's working? So he can get me a farm. <laughs> you're going to do the Matt Damon. We bought a farm. Uh, you're right. We watched that movie together. Yes, <laughs> and you're going to get it. We bought a zoo. I think it is. We bought a zoo. Yeah, right. Zoo Same farm. Thing. Either no, way, she'll take either one. Uh, and then Charlotte. Uh, last thing. Uh, you're not allowed to go on a date until you're 16. Yeah. And when they do, they got to meet me. <laughs> All right? Okay. Okay, I'm going to punch them in the face. <laughs> and then we're going to see how tough they are. Uh, all right. All yeah, right. We, got, we got scarier people than Adam to keep the boys Yeah, true. Uh, last question. Philip answered this, and I'm curious. What word does your dad let you say that your mom doesn't like you saying? Asshole. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> She was so ready for that, too. She was She's been thinking about that in the car. She's like, what word should I say? Well, it's good. Charlotte, what Charlotte likes to do better than anything, she likes to make fun of my, so Charlotte's my angel on my shoulder with my driving, right? Oh, yeah. So she sees somebody on the phone or she sees somebody cut me off. She goes, Dad, calm down, Dad. So I have been in the car with your father twice. Both times I got really scared. Can you explain to people what it's like watching him drive? Do it. Do it. Go it's ahead. Do like, an impression of dad. What's dad doing when he drives? Oh my God. She's on her phone. Get the fuck off the road. <laughs> <laughs> but you, know, you were saying it's like what? It's like he was, he's riding a bull. I would say that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's crazy, but he has control. Like you have confidence that he's going to stay on the bull, but it's also nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You've seen him yell at people. Uh-huh. Me too. Me too. We're going to end it there. All right. Charlotte, you're the best. Mm, thank you. Yes, indeed. Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte Sims, everybody. Hey. Woo, 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 hey. Charlotte. It's going to be good to see how people feel about that performance versus Philip. Right. A lot to compare and contrast there. I'm glad she didn't go totally off on my driving because she does do, like, every now and then there'll be a family crowd around and she'll really give her, like, my, the full know. what I so do. So, yet again, another Sims quality that she puts on for a crowd. She Yeah, yes. Good. She's not scared. She's She's a show person. She is. She is. Well, then she'll be in the circus, not the farm or the (laughs) zoo. Uh, So she's 11. Add 10 to that. That's 21. This is episode 121. Do you have any 21s? I like to let you go first. Uh, I'm in prime time. To me, that's the one that I circled, squared, and starred. Yes. He is my favorite 21. I would agree. He's probably mine as well. Ezekiel Elliott's the other 21 that's sure. right to my mind. Um, a lot of different sports. Yeah. I mean, what, Jimmy Butler's 21, right? So the NBA guys, Dominique Wilkins. Oh, Neek. Kevin Garnett. Ooh. Tim Duncan. Yeah. Who's better, Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan. I think so, too. Yes. Uh, hockey. Peter Forsberg and Mike Aruzioni. Okay. Uh, famous for the USA. Would have never known those, but yeah. Yep. Uh, baseball. Sammy Sosa. Roberto Clemente. He's the biggest one. 
Uh, Roger Clemens, Warren Spahn, Bob Lemon, and Paul O'Neill. Ooh, Paulie O'Neill. I forgot about him. Did you have a weird, sick obsession? I feel like everyone that grew up as a Yankees fan in the 90s is obsessed with Paul O'Neill. No, I am not obsessed with Paul O'Neill. No. I, Are you I, anti I Paul O'Neill? No, I'm not anti him at all. You were I, just realistic. Yeah, I was realistic. I really loved him. I mean, he was definitely a, you know just the everyday guy on the squad. Yeah. My favorite thing about Paul O'Neill, though, would really just to be watch his meltdowns if he had a game like where he was 0 for 2 or 0 for 3. He would throw these temper tantrums where he'd throw his helmet. Yeah, and, he'd have and like as this, a kid, that's the best. It was the greatest. Like Especially in high school, we would literally sit there and be like, oh, let's watch what he's going to do because yeah. he would spaz out for a minute. Uh, in other football guys, Dion uh, Tiki Barber. Right. Char- Namde Asma was 21 at one point. Charles Woodson. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. And LaDainian Tomlinson. Damn, those are good So 21's ones. a really good number. That's legit. No doubt. Um, we have, well, what would the number be if you were like the number one corner in football? And you 21. Could, you would do 21. I think it's just because Dion. Yeah, 21 or 24 seems to be the one I would go with. 24. Uh, and then, yeah, it's like 23 to me feels more of a running back number than a cornerback yeah. number. It feels like a basketball number. It's almost it, 23. It's I'm because almost like of LeBron yeah, and yeah, Michael. Fucking LeBron right. and Michael. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to get to. We have Sims's discussions. We have two new segments, Slow News Day, Are You Fucking Kidding Me? And then I went and actually watched every episode of the new All or Nothing about the L.A. Rams. Oh, yeah. I'm going to break that down cool. so that you don't have to watch it <laughs> because I want to tell you, it was really depressing. Is it? Dude, the entire show is, when's Jeff Fisher going to get fired? Because you already know what's going to happen. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll get into that more in a little bit. We have iTunes comments, and then Josh, when he gets back, we'll do Twitter. But Josh is fucking big time. Where are we going right now? Like, I wanted to do your things that you texted me. Uh, well, yeah, I just want to talk about it. Like, did you watch the Manny Pacquiao right, so, fight? So we have we have three Sims things where he texts me one word, right. and then I have to guess what he wants to talk about. <laughs> right. So he texted me one that said Manny Pacquiao, so I'm guessing it's because he lost the welterweight title to Jeff Horn, and it was a very questionable decision. I have seen the numbers. I saw that Manny completely outpunched him. I saw the post-fight interview where Teddy Atlas literally, with a microphone to Jeff Horn's face, went... I think you lost. You know that you lost. Can you just admit that you didn't think you won this fight? That was the first question. I didn't see the fight. I'm going to be honest. Watching old Manny. I get you. I kind of feel the same way about the Floyd fight. I Not get, really excited about it. I hear it, you, yeah. But... I like boxing. Was it, what, I, I love boxing, too. And I, it was but Saturday night. It sounds night. like it was really embarrassing. It was horrible. It's horrible for the sport. It's one of those things where I... L- I've l- heard the storyline a million times. Well, It's horrible for the sport. They got this wrong. Judging's crap. I, you're right. And this is where I... This is where I, li- I literally left watching it right after Teddy Atlas got done with his interview because it was amazing. I Teddy love, Atlas was amazing the whole amazing. fight. He's not very polished. He's not very great. But that's why he's great. I don't want someone no. polished. Hey, I, want I some- mean, this guy's not tough. He's, you know, he just like, talks like that. He's got one eye that functions, and he's like... <laughs> The way right. he punches him in the face <laughs> brings me back to when I got punched that little O'Callaghan kid in second grade at Worcester. No, he's he's just like that, right? Uh, so I do enjoy listening to him, but I came Did away you get from, angry. Well, I came away from the fight going, boxing's in real trouble. Mm. It's in big trouble because it's probably the third or fourth fight I would say I've watched in the last two years where I go, wow, the judges are fucking clueless. And, or bought. Or bought. One of the two. Now, I don't even know Neither where all three judges were from. I think two of them were from Australia. I probably I need to look that up, and I will here in a second because I can't talk and type at the same time. But, uh, yes, if you watch the fight, I have no doubt if you went back and watched the rerun, you'd go, 
Manny won at least nine out of the 12 rounds. Wow. Nine out of the 12. The other guy really didn't fight. All he tried to do was wrestle, grab. I mean, Manny Pacquiao has two huge gashes on his head. Uh, he really, wow. all he tried to almost make it MMA ish and wear out Manny Pacquiao that way. Now, regardless, they almost stopped the fight in the ninth round because the guy was getting waylaid. Waylaid. His, his face was getting to the point where you went, Oh my gosh, like his face looks so bad. I don't know if I can sit here and keep watching. Man, so you've like, been sitting about this since Saturday just so mad. Well, I love boxing. I really love it. And I like UFC too. And but these are the things where I just continue to look at the cracks in the armor and boxing yes. and go, they have a big issue. I mean, Manny Pacquiao won that fight. Yeah, this is not old Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. He should have done this being Manny Pacquiao under different circumstances. He should have never let that happen as far as yes. being in Australia, the middle of the day, and who knows? I mean, it was a this, weird this production. This goes under our, our segment, Are You Fucking Kidding Me? Because I completely agree. Are you kidding Second me. thing you texted me was Gatorade. Yes. I'm going to guess. Yes. Is it this de- make, defeat your fuel ad campaign? It just the Is commercial. It? I knew it. The commercial, the commercial. So Matt Ryan and Eli Manning. It kicked it off for me. And it's about what, like turning, like turn your loss into a championship. Yeah, yeah. Turn it into. So it. you're watching what, and it comes on. Uh, I'm watch, yeah, I'm watching some sports Dude, thing you this whole so weekend. Angry Saturday night. Well, I mean, all it's been on all weekend. Whether I watch the Yankees, whatever it is. Uh, but I think what what hit home to me more than anything is like w- Charlotte. We don't let Gatorade in our house, right? Why doesn't mommy let Gatorade in our house? Right, because it's, it's chemicals. Right. So, <laughs> all right. I mean, in some Gatorade flavors, they have a chemical that's a flame retardant. I mean, that's what it's in. So, at what point are the? My point of this was just that. What point are people going to be start being like Tom Brady and going? I'm not going to make money off of things that are bad for humans. So Tom Brady doesn't drink Gatorade anymore. Tom Brady would he tell you. I mean, you've formula. heard of his shots. He's taken at Frosted Flakes. That's not food, whatever it may be. Yeah. At what point are professional athletes like a Matt Ryan who's, and Eli Manning are making $20 million plus a year just from their job? Yeah. Are they going to say, you know what? I'm not going to endorse a product that you're feeding dyes down kids and two flame things, retardants. Two things. We'll right. get into this a little bit later on Slow News Day with Russell Wilson's diet. Yeah. But the yeah. other thing about this Gatorade thing is I don't know if a lot of athletes know. I don't think I they mean, do. the amount of times they get busted for supplements, they're like, that, what was in that? Yes. They don't know what's in Gatorade. I mean, look, a lot of people in the world go, this is good for your health. Right. It helps out football players. It makes you play longer. The amount, I mean, it's all I think about with Gatorade is a sweaty athlete squ- Wording Gatorade in his mouth and going, I'm ready to play. Listen, the it's amazing. I, it's, there's nothing more quenching coming off a football field than drinking a Gatorade. That's the other problem too. Players probably don't realize because they go, "Well, the team supplying us, the NFL supplying us, they care about our health. They won't give us chemicals, would they? Yeah, they would because Gatorade's paying them a ton of money. And Gatorade, as an NFL player, is so readily available wherever oh, you it's go. Everywhere. I mean, it's just free bottles, like water fountains. I mean, it. yeah, guys used to take backpacks home at the end of the night yeah. full of Gatorades, like the lower level if guys. Only we listen to Bobby Boucher, who told us that water, water H2O, water sucks. It, it really, really, really sucks. sucks. Uh, third thing you texted was PED use versus street drug in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, where are you going with this? Well, I, I don't even know what my original part of my PED argument was on Saturday. I originally sent these to Josh, right? Okay. Just so I, I actually just Stop put them in text. Stop sending things to Josh. Okay. He doesn't 
know what up is anymore. I'm the only friend you have. I know you're my friend, but the only reason I do is so we stay fresh on this, so gotcha. you're like not too ahead of it and going, oh, I wonder what the hell he's thinking about. Or Was it because Darren Waller got a substance abuse uh, performance enhancing drug? And I think suspended? I believe that's where I came from. Well, I think this tight is my, my big thing, right? The tight end with the Ravens. I mean, we saw David Irving get yep. the PEDs, right? Yep. Uh, I was even watching baseball with the Miami Marlins, and uh, wh- who was that? D. Gordon, right? The guy yes. who, who was a guy that I mean, he fifty ever, games. Well, and ever since he's taken off PED, I mean, he sucks. I mean, yeah, he, he's got like surprise, a, right? And it makes me wonder about guys like David Irving. But what do you mean by PD versus street drugs? This is my, my big thing. First of all, street drugs. D'Angelo Williams made a great point. The running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers who's not picked up by he's a team, a even though he's yeah. really good last year. But he's a running back, and they grow on trees. It shows you how fucked up that is. But he starts. His first thing was, first of all, with street drug use. You have guys that have legitimate problems, whether it's smoking weed, whatever it may be. Yes. They get caught, whatever. They go in the drug program. And you literally throw them out of the building and go, go back with those guys you've been doing the bad drugs with uh, because their support system's in the building. Exactly. That needs to change in my mind, like, first of all. So that was, like, one part of my jumping off. But the other part is the PED use in the NFL, if they want to stop it, has to be start, has to start being exposed. Has to be exposed. Well, I feel like it does come out every time. No, they don't ever tell you what it is. We listen to the players go, I took Adderall to stay away gotcha. from it. I want to know from the league. I want the player embarrassed. It's illegal. That's it's what a, Major League Baseball has done. It's got to gotta be known. I want to know what this guy did. Yeah, to because cheat. you know what? Well, the ones that didn't do a serious one, when it comes out what you did, we won't be upset about right. it. It'll make you view them differently. If I knew you did Adderall compared to HGH. Since 2010, yeah. can you name me the five teams with the most substance-related suspensions? So in the last seven years, right. the top five teams in the NFL with substance-related suspensions okay substance so that's that's peds too peds okay. adderall so the ravens are stuff. one ravens are number one right i read 13 that. okay ravens are one san diego chargers not in the top five man my days they were top five every year well they had that's when they were Maryland. good yeah <laughs> that's when they were good i'll just go through it go ahead cowboys are two oh, with 12 which that. makes Duh. sense giants are three with 11 huh Tied with the Panthers at 14 right. and the Seahawks at, 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 excuse me, Giants, Panthers, and Seahawks all had 11. Okay. Damn, who are the guys in the Giants were missing? So the Seahawks is going to be all the Adderall. Yes. Panthers, a lot of guys on defense, which I'm sure was, I, I don't remember if it was Adderall too, but the Giants, yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. I just don't remember guys in the Giants getting in trouble over the last few years. like 11, since 2010, so yeah. it's been the last it's seven six, years. Yeah, right. Uh, the other thing that happened that I'm just curious about your take is NBA free agency hit. Yeah. Gordon Hayward got $128 million. Uh, my first thought, Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, and Gordon Hayward is not a fucking big three. No, they need so, another guy. Yeah, right. they, they need another four. I right. mean, they have a lot of other pieces, but right. I, I still think they're far away. Yeah, they're still not the I Cavs. just couldn't believe we were celebrating Gordon Hayward. I, I had people telling me that they were refreshing Twitter. I go, this is not LeBron. I understand he's the number one free agent, and and four or five years ago, LeBron was the guy, and we were there, but you need to have some perspective. White boy supreme. Yeah, you think so? He's a white boy's dream. There's a big white one, and I want to know where he went. (laughs) Sammy Watkins said that the NFL players got to get paid more uh, when seeing this. 
Um, LeBron I, coming out and said he should be making eighty million a year. That's why I love said, LeBron. He said too. Steph Curry should be making four hundred million. Yeah, yeah. When it was released, how and and look, there is no direct correlation between how much an organization makes and then how much a player should make from that. And 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 someone was arguing with me. It was on my other podcast, Crossing Broadcast, which is Philly based. He was saying that uh, why is LeBron arguing this? It's well, they already did the CBA, guys. It's about the next CBA. Yeah, he's the, being a good— Put the pressure as the head guy right. on going, just so you know, we're coming for that cash. Right. What LeBron doesn't realize is the TV money's not going to be there again, and the numbers are not are never going to be as high as I think as they are right no, now. No, and I think he's also looking at the overall value of the Golden State Warriors, right, since Steph, Steph Curry got there. So that's increasing uh, a huge amount as well, which, yes. go, again, goes into the owner's pocket when they decide they want to sell the team. Yeah. So, Before- But also, what else do you got to think about? Again, I just you know what I thought about right away? $40 million for Steph Curry, and here we are. They're mad in New York that Odell wants more than $1.8. They're mad. <laughs> One point eight. I know it's embarrassing, and it's guaranteed. Yeah, it's guaranteed in the NBA. Five years, two hundred and one million. He doesn't play another minute of basketball. He gets the money. They can play basketball the whole off season. They can go to the Drew League, and no one cares. They can have their own basketball camps. They have, in addition to making two hundred million dollars on shoe Shoes, contracts, right. and then you look at NFL, and it's it's just an injury risk. It's an it's an insurance risk. It is. I mean, we, we can go into it a million times. Yeah, it, so NFL it is. players need to get paid more. I understand why it's not guaranteed right but there needs to be some form of policy to reward these guys because they get done a three four year career and they have no money to show yeah, maybe for it. it has to lower the overall number and we just have to make the number the guaranteed better like maybe instead of signing a five-year 60 million dollar contract they get a four-year $35 million contract, but it's totally guaranteed. Maybe that's the way it needs to go here in the long run. I just, it Other always things, takes one player only signing a guaranteed contract to start the trend. Right, that's what I— And I, we've I, never seen that. Right, and that's what started in the NBA, right? I can't remember who the first one is, but that's really what started. Somebody got an NBA contract, a few guys got it guaranteed, a few of the stars, yes. and then it became a normal thing. NFL, the thing I think that has to happen, just real quickly to get off the subject, I know, is uh, I think that— they're going to have to start figuring out, like, players are going to have to make percentages of the salary cap, right? Right. Like, you're Aaron you Rodgers. You get 20% no matter what. So then he doesn't have, you don't have to worry about renegotiating once the salary cap jumps off $20 million or $15 million, yeah. whatever it may and be. And it's not reliant on someone else's contract. Exactly. It's relying on your team. Right. Uh, the, the only other thing I want to get off my chest is I'm seeing a lot of Carmelo Anthony posting 2 a.m. workouts. Uh, online, I'm seeing a lot of D'Angelo Russell posting 2 a.m. workouts, and people are like, man, he's hustling, he's ready, he's motivated. One, what is the difference between a 2 p.m. workout and a 2 a.m. workout? Like, I don't think your body reacts bigger on a 2 a.m. workout. I would say it's deficient. Number two, if you really wanted to have a more effective workout, work out at 7 p.m. Because that's when your games are. And if your body gets ready to performing at peak level at game time, that's the most effective way sure. of getting your body clock. Sure. And number three, if you're posting one of these every three to four weeks, you're letting me believe that you're only doing that every three to four weeks. Because otherwise, you'd post it every freaking time because apparently it is so impactful. So one 2 a.m. workout every four weeks, what, you're just showing us that you're not at the club? Like you're just showing or us. It, or, I mean, the first thing I thought of is, what are they going out and then working out after their night out? Like, cause they're, they're like, like, they're like, oh, I got turned down. I got to go to the 
the course. Oh, right. Yeah, I got to get some of this liquor out of my like. I don't know. I just think it's this really funny thing where you just see these guys. It's it's like when John Gruden would get made to be such a hero because he'd go to the office at 3.37. We have this fascination with like working late at night right. that we think it's more effective. Or you could fucking work during the day and get your shit in order and sleep. Like a human. Well, I mean, I think what you said is right. First of all, you either practice the time you're going to play most likely to right. get your body clock, or you practice after you get up in the morning when your body has been fed a little breakfast and is at its peak performance level at that time. And then you set your metabolism for the rest right. of the day. Right, and then you go exactly right. And then you'll be able to maximize your workout. Because if anything, D'Angelo Russell, you probably got done the workout 3, 3.30. You probably had to take a, a car somewhere. Now it's like 3.45. Now you're laying in bed. You're so juiced up. You're not going to bed until so 5.30. Well, you know, I, and your whole next day is fucked. What was their point? I don't understand. Because they're trying to show people the hustle. They're trying to show people the work. And the only thing I've learned is people that do the work never show the no, work. They don't. Tom Brady doesn't want you to know how he's working out. LeBron James doesn't want to know how. He, LeBron James shows you stretching. Yeah. LeBron James shows you dancing in the locker room. Right. The really big guys rarely want to show you what they do because right. they don't want you stealing what they do. No doubt. That's just, and I know it's counterintuitive. It was just my first thought when I saw it. I hear you. I, All right, I'm so that would be under a thing called Slow News Day. So let's start the segment Slow News Day. Charlotte's looking at us like we're crazy. Slow News Day, a.k.a. stories that aren't really stories, but it's July, so there are stories, but... Are they stories? <laughs> First one, Dak Prescott accused of using a machine for autographs. Reported by Darren Ravel of ESPN, quote, they had a very machine-like feel, according to a guy from a grading service. Quote, I immediately knew they were auto pen. I've never heard of a modern athlete doing this. Dak Prescott using a machine to autograph things. And I've take. never heard of a machine that does a fucking autograph. So, so that's that would your be first news thing. to me. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's you're fucking looking for. Look, go look in the weeds and find that other shooter on the grassy knoll, too. Please. But they said that they could tell from the top and bottoms of the autographs that it was a repetitive machine. Really? What are your What is your take on this? I mean, I think that his right arm is a repetitive machine, and he could probably sign it the same way wow. really close. So you're going to go with Dak's, what, Dak's incredible accuracy leads to incredibly accurate autographs. I like that take. I, I just don't even like – I've never heard of a machine, so I'm not going to buy that. An auto pen. I don't know Dak Prescott, but I know Phil Sims and Jason Garrett, who will tell me that Dak Prescott is like – the most man of men exactly. that would do nothing. And so the quote, I've never heard of a modern athlete doing this, means that there were former athletes that do this, which that's how much of a throwback Dak Prescott is. <laughs> he's such a throwback that he's using equipment from like the 1930s. I'm just imagining it's like this old pen that just like goes up and back. I love it. I think it's great. Screw autograph people. I think they're fucking weird. Get a handshake. But, yeah, look, he's that good at optimizing Everything that he's figured out a way just not if that means he's probably in the gym at 2 a.m. <laughs> I just it. don't. Yeah. OK. I'll have to look it Fine. up. Number two of slow news day stories that aren't really stories, but it's July. So they're stories. But are they stories? Jameis uh, Winston uh, is inviting the hard knock cameras to his private 6 a.m. workouts. I, I'm impressed <laughs> that he's having 6 a.m. workouts right now. I'll say that. 
Is that not common? No. You realize that the fan thinks that every athlete is no. like, I wake up, I train, I eat healthy, I work out. Not this time what of the year. What are they doing right because, now? Because July the, 5th, what are they doing? Right now, I mean, they're all probably getting Smoking their workouts weed? in. Well, yeah, certainly that doing that. Well, no, it depends. If you've been tested right. through OTAs, you're good. So but are if they you're going to get tested trips? when you get back at training camp, no. That's, Do you take your vacation now? Yeah, vacation. I'm not saying guys aren't working out. I'm just surprised by the 6 a.m.ness of that mm. workout. Like, that's one thing I you're think like, guys— You're like, why not just do it at 2? Well, yeah, because your life is about to be every day at 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m. So, like, that's what the one thing coaches and players have liked this time of the year is, like, I have no schedule for a few more weeks before yes. my life becomes a schedule. So I love this because it further confirms that Jameis is ready to do the superstar media thing and that we've already think he's a superstar, but this is it. My only question is this. I'm not mad at this. Am I allowed to be mad at J.J. Watt to playing up the cameras, but not at J- Jameis Winston? Because I'd like Jameis more, but this is a J.J. Watt move. And it is. It I'm is. not mad at Jameis, but I'm mad at J.J. Well, Jamie, yeah, Jameis is not as uh, corny as, as I feel JJ. like I'm going to like Jameis' workouts more. I feel like he'll have better music playing. He's not going to have that awful Fort Minor song. And wait, wait, do we know? Like, is your man Deshaun there at 6 a.m.? Are they I all been know. there? I don't know. I think that I would throw the challenge flag on if they're there. Like I would think. So you like, think it's just Jameis? I think it's Jameis and like a few guys that are just hoping to make I the team. It, I hope it's Jameis listening to the new Jay Z album. Just fucking. He might be, out. but it's receivers with a bandana like, with no shirt <laughs> with like a like an, an army bandana tied around. I want him going full like Jerome Brown Miami. Florida kid on me. Well, he might be doing that, but I just don't think that you're going to have Mike Evans or Deshaun there. At I want I want so over the top Jameis that he has a poster of Tom Brady, and when he comes into work, he goes, "I'm out work you, Tom." I'm, like I want him like yelling at posters and like looking at himself in the mirror and being like, "Damn, I'm pretty." Like I want. I want him to turn the corner and be the media superstar that I think he's capable of. Okay, good. I want super ham sandwich. That's what I want. Uh, I think he's going to be good on this show regardless. Speaking of ham sandwich, let's talk about food on the final segment of Slow News Day. Stories that aren't really stories, but it's July, so they're stories. So are they stories? Uh Russell Wilson has completely changed his diet. He's now working with Philip Goglia, a nutritionist who's worked with Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Love, and the actor Chris Pratt, who we saw get very, very, very in shape for his movies. Oh, well, Charlotte likes Chris Pratt. Pratt. I don't think she's going to know what it is. No, but if you Google the guy, him, your guy from Jurassic Park. Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic World, World right. Yeah. What's his name in the movie? Owen? He's yeah, awesome, yeah, right? She likes Owen. He's great. Gluten-free. Okay, so he's eating nine meals and 4,800 calories a day. Whew. It's gluten-free with proteins, fruits, vegetables, and lean meats. Yeah. I just want to say this. Every fucking good diet is protein, fruits, vegetables, and lean meats. I'm tired of these new trends that come out. Eat vegetables. Don't eat a ton of carbs. Don't eat milk. Don't, like, and eat lean meats. Like, it's, like, if people, like, when you see hot new diet, stop being an idiot and just learn the good foods and eat them. Just eat healthy. I, mean, I don't carbs, get it. Carbs don't even matter either. I mean, I, I eat 9 million carbs a day. You see all the brown rice I eat. It doesn't yes. matter. It's a good carb. That's amazing, first of all. So here's the difference. Right. So he's going from 2,700 calories a day to 4,800. And I, usually I go, I get it, eat healthier. Here is what the guy said about it. You'll appreciate it. As a, and yeah. if you guys 
watch what you eat and all that. He goes, metabolism is not about fast or slow. It's hot or cold. Calorie is a heat energy unit. And it just makes sense that you have to eat a certain amount of calories to generate enough heat to burn fat. Wilson has gone from 225 to 214. His body fat has gone from 16 to 10%. Mm. Says that cheese was the hardest thing to cut, but he's allowed one cheat meal per week with Sierra. But yeah, no, I and I the re, the reason this is a slow news thing, but it still means something to me. Russell Wilson was too big. These last two years he was too big. That's exactly right. And if it thins him out, I like it. It's just crazy to me that these guys need this super nutritionist. I'm curious how much he charges. Yeah. Um but yeah, like come on people, eat eat a lot of good stuff. Oh, I mean nine meals a day, that's a lot of work just to have nine meals a day. Uh, I will say that. I mean, yeah, that's, you that's have really, to hire someone just to have that. That's food not ready healthy for, you. for your body. I don't you can your body digesting food for 24 hours a day is not healthy. So it's great for a high level athlete. Yes. But this is where the normal person messes up and I go, "No, this is not good for a normal no, person." Cuz you're not putting in the workouts that he is. No, cuz he, he's working out two or three and times. And he is a just day. a different natural body in general. Yes. But you're totally right with where you went with that. I mean, he is. He, I mean, we saw him 2 years ago. He is His so thick. People don't realize how thick he is. Bottom. Right. There he is a thick human being. And if he doesn't watch it, and that's why he's been beat up the last two years, too. Yeah. The, the weight will uh, wear on your body, your joints, your knee. And I know it, some of that was you know, through contact and whatever else, but it just puts more stress on your body altogether. Yeah. It's one of my big reasons with performance-enhancing drugs in the NFL. Forget the guy who's not taking performance-enhancing drugs that's going to get killed by the guy in HGH. What about the actual guy that's on HGH that's really supposed to be 6'4", 280, and instead he's 6'4", 305, and he's faster and stronger, and his knee blows out because it's not really made to handle that type of force? Yeah. People forget about that aspect. By the way, I'm 15 days vegan. Whoa. Pure. How you doing? You're looking good. I feel great. You got a nice tan. I got a nice tan. Yeah, got a girlfriend. Uh, the, only thing that, the only thing that's weird, man, is uh, I'm like starting to get – skinnier than I've ever been, and I don't fucking like it. You don't like that? No, I want to be thick Lefko. All right. Well, you could still do that. I mean, you don't have to I'm go crazy. To the gym. It sucks. All right, well, go to the gym. I you don't have to be days. crazy about the carbs. Listen, I watch fat people at Chipotle in front of me every day oh go, can I have double steak and double chicken? That's all I want because it's protein, and I'm going to be in shape one of these <laughs> days, even though I'm 345 right now, and I'm 5'7". So it doesn't mean shit. Like red meat is some of the unhealthiest food I don't, yeah. in I, the I world get... right now. It's we know it. We know this is your facts of the matter. But we don't want to listen to it in our country. It's one of these other weird things in our country right now. Gas. So when I told when I told people the yesterday, meat industry, you know, you know what run I heard, our country. You know what I heard five times yesterday? How are you not going to eat a hamburger on, on Fourth of July? July. Oh, oh. And that's what, that's what they're like. They're like, man, I couldn't live with myself if I couldn't have a hot oh. dog. And I was like, so if I have a hamburger on July 9th, like it's not the same. No. But no. it's nostalgia. Yeah. And, you know, people play up nostalgia. I told you back in the turn of the 1900s, people were people didn't know that bananas were a food. Right. Like they didn't know they were supposed to eat them. They were served in tinfoil in slices. But you know how they got people hooked? Hmm. They put it in children's recipe books. Yeah. Uh. So that you would get hooked on bananas as a little a kid. Little kid right. I remember having Cheerios oh. and banana when I was two. We get hooked on things. We don't know how we get hooked yes. on things. And my big theory right now, yeah. I eat them all the time. 20 years. It's a longstanding thing that avocados lead to heart disease. Avocado is the only thing that you can eat that has no problem in it. This is my conspiracy theory. That in 15 to 20 years... 
avocados are going to be one of the worst things that you could have eaten. It's the only thing that I hear nothing bad about. It's a healthy fat. Well, you're right, but it it, it probably will be healthy in we're 20 years. Off the rails. Well, uh, b- because whatever happens to everything in this country is we want bigger, right? I mean, most chickens only live for thir- those chickens you're eating for dinner a night. They've been alive for 36 days on average because they've been pumped full of hormones. Those are the facts people don't like. They don't like to hear that crap. We have to change the way we eat as a yes. society, or we are not going to survive. The world's not going to survive. Man, 80% of our farm in this country is used just for the feed for the cows so we can keep eating red meat that's not sustainable no chance and, 70% sorry, and 70%. that nutritional moment was Bye brought him. to you by nutrition facts oh i can't lose weight i got two bowling balls in my belly i mean no shit one of, it's all steak on the right side that's just stuck there and you haven't crapped it out yet <laughs> that's what it is all right next segment are you fucking kidding me stories about people who are saying or doing things that just make no goddamn sense first one brett Favre says never say never uh, uh-huh. To NFL coaching or GM. And he never first, says ever anything. Retiring, playing, what is it? He's very noncommittal, <laughs> which is so funny because as a quarterback, he was like, I'm throwing it in between those four guys. Yeah, right. Uh, Thursday appearance on <laughs> ESPN's right. Wisconsin Wild and Tosh, quote, I always thought I would be a good coach, but I didn't know if I had the effort in me. Well, I did. By the way, he coached a, He was an offensive coordinator for a high school football team. I'll tell you what, it was a joy. The competitive spirit came right back. It was obviously different than playing, so I had a lot of fun. Good to know that Brett Favre. I mean, what work ethic do you need as an offensive coordinator in high school? I know. I get, he gets to show up at 2.30 in the afternoon. And, and he's, he's like, guys, seven. guys. I coached it up today. We're working on slants. <laughs> Come on. He would be one of the worst coaches ever. I would be shocked. It doesn't seem to be in his nature to be able to. Yeah, I mean, first of all, this is a quarterback that didn't know what nickel coverage was. We're, I mean, he's famous for like not showing up to meetings on Mondays. But that's where how they were like, was. hey, Brett, we're about to watch the film from the day before. Hey, you guys get it. I'll see you Wednesday. I think Brett Man. Favre would be a bad coach, just like I think Jerry Rice would be a bad coach for the opposite reason. Jerry Rice would overcoach and be like, why aren't you here? He'd make it about him. Yes. Right. yes. And Brett Favre would be like, hey. Sunday, just feel it. Yeah, yeah, just, just go feel play. It. Just go play. Don't worry about all those checks. Just play. <laughs> Number two for Are You Fucking Kidding Me? Stories about story people saying or doing things that make no goddamn sense. I'm, I don't know if you've heard this yet. Kirk Cousins' contract. Ooh. So Ross Tucker hear hears that Cousins will get a deal done by July 17th. But Kevin Jones, who covers the 49ers for KMBR out in San Francisco, tweeted, I hear Dan Snyder would rather make Kirk Cousins the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL than lose him to Kyle Shanahan. I think that would be true. <laughs> I would. You ma- haven't heard this yet. I have not heard he any tweeted of this. That out so tonight. this is, uh, and I haven't really talked to Kyle because he's he's been away on vacation, and I'm hoping I think he's going to come on our podcast either next week or the week after. Whoa! Yeah, breaking news. Uh, so he said he would do that for sure. But. I think that that relationship ended ended in a very bitter way. Yeah, the Shanahan's and uh, Dan Snyder. I just can't believe that you have an owner that's just so rooted in ego that he would rather sabotage the franchise and his own salary cap and all that just to spite a guy. Well, I think he would, and I think a lot of these owners would because I think that's the kind of people they are. Other thing I'll say is this: I don't even know that this is not from Kyle. This is not. This is stuff I've always was told yeah. from other people in the building. You know. Kyle's dad was the head coach. Kyle had no problem sometimes 
even if Dan was in the room, other coaches tell me like speaking out his problems with Dan or what was fucked up about the organization. Do you remember any of them? No, I don't. I never got into it because it oh, was so always he like he would a, turn him and be like, "Hey, Dan," or just whatever. He'd say whatever it was. It might have been Dan's wheelhouse to get it fixed, but Kyle would let it know that no, it's fucked up. Like, meanwhile, owners probably walk down to be like congratulated. And oh yeah, kiss my kick, ass, kiss the ring, right. and then and then Kyle's over there going, "Hey, by the way." Way to invest all that fucking money right. in RG3. There's a lot of weird things that go on there. Yeah, right. All right, so that's where that that, that relationship probably went sour. Um, is that your phone? Thanks, Josh. That was nice. Josh comes back and immediately blows, blows up. up the... Sorry, everyone. But, uh, all right, there, there's three things that I think that we have to look at with that whole Shanahan okay. Snyder thing. I'll just okay. hit them real quick. First of all, Peyton Manning was in the Shanahan's house the day they traded to get uh, the RG3 trade with the Rams, so right? So the Shanahan's were meeting with Peyton Manning the day the Washington Redskins traded all the picks to select RG3. Right. Before that... Or one of the quarterbacks. Before that, there was always the conversation that the Redskins and the Shanahan's wanted Mark Bolger to be their quarterback. Mm. And that some of the upper management did not want him, and they wanted Donovan McNabb. And there's Bruce Allen, who's of the Redskins, and his buddy... Um, Kevin Demoff, who runs the Rams, who has no business being in the NFL. We learned about him and all or nothing. Right, he's useless. So you're telling me that twice the so, Shanahan's wanted an experienced quarterback to come in that they thought they would run their system. Yes. One was Peyton. Right. They ended up trading for RG3. Right. Two, well, this was probably before it, actually. It was. It was before They it. wanted Mark Bolger, but instead the GM went with Donovan McNabb. But, and even to add to told, that story, to yeah. add to the story, since I've told you about Bruce Allen and um, Kevin, Demoff. Kevin Demoff, who's – the story there that I've always heard from the inner circles, and I've heard this even from Rams people, Ooh. is that the Redskins were basically telling the Rams, don't let go of Bolger yet. Don't release him and make him free because our guys want him, and I want McNabb. Our coaches want Bolger, but I want McNabb, so don't let Bolger go until we sign McNabb. And they signed McNabb, and Bolger was released the next day. Wow. So you're telling me that not only did they just dis- not disagree, right. they kind of purposely sabotaged. A little bit. Wow. No doubt. And so Donovan Ab was not good at all. Not good at all. No. I mean, they benched him, of course, because he was out of shape, didn't know checks, certain things like that. Remember, they took him out in the fourth quarter of the game and put Rex Grossman in. One day you'll tell the story. I don't even know all those stories. Like, I literally one, need to. One, s- one day you'll tell the story of uh, the, the videos. Oh, I will. You're right. One day I will tell those, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so I'm about to get into all or nothing, uh, but can we hit up some Twitter first? I can do whatever you want. Let's, Let's go. Do it, oh, wait, Josh. thanks for just coming back. I mean, yeah, Josh leaves the building for 30 minutes. <laughs> what fire back. did you have to put out? Not, nothing. Just, you know, I got to go talk to people. He had to go jump in the hamster wheel to keep the website running. <laughs> yep, that's what I do. Providing electricity. Uh, my, my internet went out. All right, you want some questions here? Yes, I do, Josh. All right, first question, zero chaos at zero underscore chaos. Uh, Q for Sims, for Kirk Cousins' development, who do you give more credit to, Kyle or McVeigh? All or Nothing gave all the credits to McVay. Did you guys already talk about this yet? We have not, but they gave a lot of the credit to McVay. They said Kyle, they said Sean McVay credited with the development of Kirk Cousins from an afterthought second-round pick to a future star quarterback in the NFL. Oh, man. That's, but that was John Hamm saying. Yeah, well, listen, McVay. And then, McVay, and then, then they show McVay meeting Jared Goff for the first time. <laughs> well, listen, McVay deserves a lot, a lot of that credit. I mean, the last two years. He seemed I, really impressive. Yeah, and he is impressive. If you knew him, uh, and he's a great guy. He really is. He's one of my favorite coaches in football. Now, I, I've gotten... 
I've had made a few comments like there's no way he should have been a head coach a month before Kyle Shanahan ever should have been. Uh, but I, I think as a whole, yes, McVay is definitely one of the better offensive minds in football. And, you know, Cousins' biggest two years are under his tutelage, so it's not totally crazy to okay. say that. All right. Yeah, yeah I think uh, the interesting thing there was so he he looked very impressive. The one thing they said about McVeigh, one of the biggest reasons to get in the Rams' job was he was very excited to work with Jared Goff. Right. And I think that is something that I don't think Kyle is willing to do. To Kyle's credit, yes, Kyle is not going to go in there like I don't know if can I tell the Buffalo story? Oh, Probably not. Well. I fuck it up. No, you didn't fuck it up. Kyle's not willing to go into places and going, I think your quarterback's great. No wink, doubt. wink. He's going to go in there and go, I don't like who you have here, and I don't think that he's the best option. Right. Because he understands from his dad, you get one shot at this. And you're screwed. And, and Sean McVay goes, I'm, I'm 31. I'll take that opportunity. He's taking it. And exactly I get it. Some, I get it Sometimes too. you got to look around and go, I can make these pieces better. Yes. Even if the back of your head you're going, man, I don't know about these pieces. Right. And, and listen, Jared Goff, I think, like we've heard two teams, right, that if I think I've had coaches turned them down over the last few years because of the quarterback situation. Guys turned down the Jacksonville job because they were all like, ah, we can't fucking yep. win with Blake Bortles. And then guys went up to Buffalo and were like, I can't, I, we're cutting EJ, EJ Manuel. Manuel. That's not happening. Yeah. So, golf is certainly better than them. I'll yes. say that. So, that, to give McVay the benefit of the doubt Man, there. that's an NFL throw right, right there. Right. But I mean, Heard that a lot. Yeah. I mean, not only you know, yes, the coaches don't want to be stuck in a situation with a quarterback that they know. That's your career. Right. Your career, they know that like you know, I had some OCs say with, like, Jacksonville, like, uh, you know, I think I could go down there and we could probably make the playoffs with Blake Bortles, but that's all we could ever do. And then I'm going to get blamed because we can never get to the Super right. Bowl or whatever it may be. once you start making the playoffs, right, then the, the quarterback never lets go. No, no. No, because he's a playoff quarterback. He is exactly right. Peter Edwards at Peter E, 1995, long-time friend of the podcast. Uh, this is a question for Adam Lefko. Just talk about Fultz going to the 76ers and how amazing the team is now. You know you want to. It's just amazing. I watched him on Monday night in Utah. He's playing again tonight. I'm going to sit on my couch and watch on my computer, like an illegal stream. Uh, it's just nice to root for a good team. I saw a few highlights over the weekend. It did. I mean, he looked he mm. looks legit. I mean, mm. and I watched him a little in college. Uh, but who was I was watching the game with? I guess him versus the kid from Duke, right? Yes, uh, Jason Tatum. Right, who, and Tatum who, looked, good, looked too. good too. I think this whole draft class is going to be good. Yeah. One more question from Josh Galindo <laughs> at Josh Galindo seventy eight. Uh, question for Sims again. If football never worked out for you, what other profession would you have done? Maybe another sport or a hobby? Yeah, uh, I think two things I always looked at. Uh, I mean, sport, certainly. Um, I think baseball or basketball, I would have pursued. I had a chance to be a division, small Division One basketball player. Um, Who recruited you for that? Uh, like schools like Monmouth and sure. Monmouth, yeah, Seton the Hawks. Hall, St. John's. I'd get letters from them and things Seton like Hall, that. Seton Hall, St. John's are nuts. No, no, it's but I mean, not not yeah. big time, right? So I those type of schools, though. Um, and uh, baseball is probably one where I legitimately could have had a career in. Like, How I about could, non-sports? But yeah. non-sports, I think I would have probably – in my town, I used to go with a guy, uh, Mr. Scavone, Bobby Scavone. He, he would take me into New York City. He was a big trader here in, in down on Wall yeah, Street. You, you love, you've always loved finance. Well, the finance, yes. It's just – well, I think the thing I look at finance, like – I just look at it as go. It's action every day. I don't know if I always love it. It's competitive. And always love what maybe they do for our country. It's like good and bad. Sometimes yeah. I look at it, but it is competitive. There's no doubt about that. It's action every day. And if you're good at it, it seems like you can cash in pretty good. So I definitely I thought you would have been like a chicken farmer. I, I, I will say this. Now, if I was doing, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing something pro environment. 
like I, if I wasn't doing this or radio, I'm doing something to be an environmental we an activist. I, we have an iTunes comment that I'll read later that directly addresses that, and it's kind of funny. All right, so I went, as I said, and I crammed all of the all eight episodes of All or Nothing season two. Uh, my our good friend Trevor Nicholson oh, sent me like Trevor. three huge notes of his takes. I picked my favorite five, and I will sprinkle them in among mine. But I, I did a few things. One, I, I have opinions about the show overall cool. right. because, it, to me, last year's with Arizona was so great. It was like hard knocks on steroids. Uh, things that I forgot about the Rams, uh, best characters that came to life, yeah. how they handled the big storyline, football stuff that I found interesting and random thoughts. So first cool. off, show opinions. Uh, I like and slightly grew to dislike John Hamm's uh, voiceover. In the beginning, you're like, oh, it's John Hamm. And then everything to me, I can't, I can like, his voice is too memorable to him. So I hear John Hamm. Uh, like I'm a Mercedes gl- commercial. I'm glad. The one thing I didn't like this year that I was very disappointed was the Hard Knocks team and the All or Nothing team were the same. Yeah. So last year, I got another training camp of the Arizona Cardinals. That was great. This year, it was the same thing repetitive. I'm glad they addressed it, like they figured out a way to address it. I just don't want them to do it again. But at the same point, maybe they just have limited camera crews. I don't know. This year's show was wildly depressing. I already said that. Hearing Jeff Fisher's speeches after losses, Uh. where he has to get up there and go, listen, I know we had a great week. And I know you guys are giving me everything. We're going to bounce through. It was the same thing. And I'm sitting there going, these guys have, like, I know that for you guys, belief is this magical thing. Mm -hmm. And they had no belief. And Um, Fisher, let me just say this, just from my experience with them, my two years playing with him, he's great at not overdoing the team meeting. Right. Because he doesn't want it to fall on deaf ears. He wants it to be like, I'm in front of the team. It's important. Like some coaches would have a team meeting with them in front of the room every morning at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And after like the 50th day in a row, guys tune them out. He was very good at keeping that fresh. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff on these But it's hard to buy into. Yeah, but go ahead. Oh, I mean, and it, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Nicholson wrote this. He, he goes, these team meeting slideshows are so cheesy it's killing me. Rob Boris, I mean, it was baseball. PowerPoint. I mean, there was one time where he, fight came on the screen and like bounced on the bottom of the screen. And I was like, I remember that effect. And I was like, dude, how much time do you spend on these stupid PowerPoints? That's amateur. Like, it, is that? It is. I mean, yes, it is. I think you but, always talk about like showing lions in the hunt. Well, if you're going to do stuff like, yeah, do stuff that's going to like get captivate your team. He right? was like, guys, it's about togetherness and togetherness would come on the screen. Right. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, like Rod Marinelli, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, he would have got up there and done what you just said. Like he'd been like, we got to have killer attitude and he'd show like cheetahs and lions. Yeah, he may have out. shown that, but they, Rod, I only know, saw that. Shit. Mike Tomlin would have got up there and be like, we got to be some fourth quarter gangsters and he'd have a cool video and show yeah. you and get motivate you. J- Gruden the same way. It was depressing. Because you knew Fisher was going to get fired, and you're kind of waiting on it. And like right. every time they'd have hope, you'd be like, "No, you're not going to go two and zero in this stretch." I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and then you also had moments where, like in the beginning, Lance Kendrick's wife was like, "I think we're going to live in California forever." And I like hit pause, and I was like, "Lance Kendrick's on Green Bay now." And you realize <laughs> that, like, oh shit, you're not going to be there. Sorry. Things I forgot. I forgot the Rams started off three and one. Yeah. They went 1-11 and 11 down the stretch. I definitely don't remember that at all. Uh, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> they beat Tampa Bay in that weird delay game. They beat, beat the Seahawks. Seahawks, and they beat Arizona. Yeah, right. Um, 
I forgot that Case Keenum threw so many interceptions Woo. in game-winning opportunities. Right. And I forgot how amazing Colin Kaepernick looked in Week 16, down 14 points with five minutes left, ran in a touchdown, and then ran in the two-point conversion. Right. He looked like an NFL starting quarterback to me against mm. a very good Rams defense. Yes, at least a backup. Oh, my God. Yes. Best characters. They really seem to focus more on the coaching staff this year. Uh Goff, in the words of Trevor, uh, it goes. He goes. Be honest with me. Is Goff quoting "Remember the Titans"? It really doesn't seem like he know what to say to his team. I wrote in there that he had a little boy body, and that it took us 28 minutes to hear that's an NFL throw right now. When he took over the team in Week 10, and he goes, "Guys, we got to be together. We got to do this." And Trevor also wrote, "How do you take him seriously with this list? He's got like a little list." Goff does. Yeah, it was just it. It was canned speeches, and I didn't, I didn't feel a leader. Well, at least he didn't. All I saw was all the guys coming up to Case Keenum and being like, "We're here for you, bro." At least he didn't have like some ornery, you know, offensive lineman that you know. I love. I use the word ornery. No. Alligators are ornery because they got all <laughs> those teeth and, and no, no toothbrush. toothbrush. But yeah, because I've done the comp- like things like that before, where I've gone into the huddle and tried to be like that cheesy new guy, like come on, yeah. and they were like. Hey, shut the fuck up and call the play. Or, well, I'm curious if Andrew Whitworth, who's now on the team, will do I that. I would think that. He might not be able to do it in year two, Jared Goff. Yeah. But they last might year, also not show I wouldn't us. have wanted heard from him. Until How you start... important is the speech giving for the quarterback? Not like, important at all. Okay. Not important at all. Because it's just bullshit cliche, let's go right. get him. No, and now listen, if there's some relationships there and you start to have something to bond on. and like Unless now, you're Tom Brady and, and well, you can call people I mean. out. You're Tom Brady, you're Aaron Rodgers, and they start to go, well, shit, he performs and always does yeah. what he's supposed to do. He can call me out. That's fine. Other categories. Uh, other characters. Rob Boris was a really nice guy, but it made sense. He had no fucking balls. Yeah. I could just tell. Uh, John Fossil, Jim's son, yeah. the star. Right. The star. Sleeps at the office Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Barely stops at home Sunday. The nicest guy, nickname was Bones. He was the only guy that reacted when Jeff Fisher got fired. Yeah, I Everybody sat there and he like jumped back. The nicest guy got two little girls. Unbelievable. He's a great guy. Trevor also wrote, Dojo Fridays seem a bit racist. And I, I thought that too. So on Fridays, John Fossil would put on, they would have everybody put on like these, these Asian like karate bandanas. And he would have like, he would quote these old like Asian philosophies and stuff. And it would be, he wanted to make it fun. Right. But I was just like, it was just funny because he's out there going, it's Dojo Fridays. I but know, but come on, not everything is I know, racist. I know, I know, I know. Jeez. I mean, um, if a white kid wears Air Jordans, is it racist? Because you're wearing, I mean, what well, come Jeff on. Your son, Brandon, I took away, is always negative. There was multiple times where he would be like, I'll tell you what, guys, we win these next two. We're five and three. We're riding high. And then there would be a pause, and he'd go, but if we lose these next two. <laughs> he did that twice. Uh. And I was like, why are you so negative? Uh, the other thing that uh, Nicholson wrote that I like, too, is NFL coaches wear a lot of flip-flops. Yes, they do. Like Boris and Fishers, all of them are just wearing flip-flops all the time. Yeah, because they're – their home is the locker. I mean, is the locker room, is the office. Just it fits like right heard. in with Belichick, what you've said. No doubt. Birkenstocks, unbuttoned yeah. shirt like you got on today, Fenderick. I mean, that's what he does. And, yeah, they, they, they live there. Like you just heard with Fossil. He sleeps there four nights Dude, a week. Dude, a lot of them. Greg Williams slept there. Yes. Um, 
It's uh, become a. I wrote this it's down. It's become Randall, a penis I've, measuring contest. Like I stay here yes. 18 hours a day, and they only stayed here 17 I, hours dude, I wrote and 51 this down, minutes. I wrote this down in football stuff that was interesting. I'm shocked at how many coaches leave their families for a whole year, Woo. like move to a new city and sleep in a in a motel, and their families back. It that's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. Listen, some don't have a choice. It's a weird group of people in general. They're coaches. Just addicts. I've always told you that. Yes, they're addicts. You know, they're just. I don't. I don't even know how to really say it. It's without being. It, there's no other way to say it. They're just really a selfish group of people. They really are in a lot of ways, uh, and they but think they make they're it about non-selfish because well, they're supporting their family. Well, and exactly, they've made it. But they also think it is just like their time is more valuable than everybody's because they've chosen this profession. And yeah, and, you know, like my coaching friends, I've told you about. Like if I don't answer the phone on their call home, we don't talk. If yeah. I call them or text them. They don't respond. But yeah. when they need something, fuck, if you don't respond within four seconds, all of a sudden nine different numbers call you. Yeah, I've been calling you for four minutes. What the fuck? Like, yeah. So that's the type of person they are. Not to say that's a negative. It also just adds into what kind of animal they are to make them good coaches and as when, well. And when you were doing that in New England, it you, ate at me. you never felt like you were a part of that culture. Like I, you felt like an outlier. I felt that. like I could do it. Like I could do this and hang in in there. But why? Just to be like, oh, I can hang in here and do this. Like I just know. I yeah. Was, like doesn't Kyle love it? Like he lives for guys, it. He lives for the same it. Same thing like the two a.m. workouts on Instagram. Well, it's also what he grew up in. Kyle's a little different story, right? I mean, Kyle doesn't know any different. His dad was always in it. So That's what like, it felt like with Fossil. Right. That was normal for no him. doubt. And Kyle's also realized like yeah, it's life, and he's also not, you know. Kyle grinds, but if there's a certain time of the day where he goes, that's it. I'm done for the day. I'm leaving. I'm not going to sleep here or whatever else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some coaches, for whatever reason, just think, like, I want to be like, it's been the same fucking five defenses you've been playing the whole year. Why do you have to sleep here for five nights? To, 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 to just say they've watched it's all, all the all other It's all it games. is. It's all it the is. The other character that I wrote down was cool Italian ref is the fucking man, Gene Steratore. You know it. Uh, there, were, there was a time that. where they, the, uh, like Ogletree just, or like one of the safeties smashed a dude, and there was like a little fight, and he comes over uh, to Jeff Fisher. He goes, listen, man. He goes, love that shit. That was a hell of a hit. Really clean. Really liked it. Can you, I, I can't have him talking. I'll penalize him for the talking. I'm not going to penalize him, so watch it. And then Fisher goes to the team. He goes, listen. This, yeah. And he goes, he goes, Sterator. He goes, let's turn it the fuck up. <laughs> but Sterator was great. Sterator even came over to Fisher at one point and was like, He's like, good to see Goff get that touchdown there. You can see his eyes kind of calming down a he little bit. He gets it. Steratore he gets really it. Gets He's it. a man's man. He understands that the guys on the field aren't going to be perfect. That's why when he gets pissed at someone, I know they did something they wrong. They did something wrong. And then that would be also the reason, like we've we've said this in the podcast before. I know all of us have said this. That would be the reason you don't scrimmage against a Jeff Fisher coached football team. Right? It's just little things like that. Because they're going to try and fight He you. likes to. Push the line, just like we saw the brawl with the Cowboys, like you know, the few years ago in training camp. He just he likes his guys to be renegade, especially here on is, defense. Here are the interesting ways that I thought they handled the big storylines of the season. Goff named the starter uh, in week one of the weeks. Mike Grow freaked out during the Carolina game during interception, and he just yells, "We need to talk about our quarterback position in the booth," and then like kind of like stormed out, and then all of a sudden he wasn't sitting next to Boris anymore. Man, but. And that's, what was Mike Grohl was what coaching the receivers? receivers. He's yeah. coaching the Eagles wide yeah, receivers. Right. Dude, fucking baller, baller. He, I, he was like, he was like, I'm tired of this shit. I loved it. I know Mike Grohl. Mike's a grow good, good, good coach. It was revealed that Golf was the starter by Jeff Fisher telling Britney Spears kids at practice. Are thought you, that was interesting. Wow. That's how they revealed it to you. Right. That's definitely not the first time they talked about it, but I thought that was interesting. Gotcha. The back and forth with Eric Dickerson. Remember that was a storyline. Sure. 
I side with Fisher in this. Fisher says that he told Dickerson, you can say whatever you want, just don't ask for free tickets. But then Dickerson came out and said, they don't want me to talk ever. My biggest issue with the whole season, they never talked about the girly quote about it being a high school offense. It was never brought up. And then Fisher was fired like days after girly said that. Yes. And that that quote never came up. Yeah, that's... uh... Here's how they handled Jeff Fisher being hired. He went there. He told the team. He told the coaches. Being fired, right? Told the coaches. First guy, like, gets up. Mike Singletary stands up, walks over, shakes his hand, and goes, thank you. Yeah. It was so fucking dope the way. Because Singletary is the ultimate guy. Right. Uh, he got a standing O from the team. Jeff Fisher did. John Fossil, I said, was the only coach that reacted when, when that happened. Uh, Hecker, the punter, was, like, really crying and gave a choked-up speech. The saddest part was for their next game, the buses are leaving, and Fisher was standing there by the gate holding a puppy and waving at them. Oh, see, but that's what that's. And that's I was like, he's holding a fucking puppy. Well, that's a disgrace. Maybe the fact that he's holding a puppy, but that's no, no. I was like, that's so sad. That tells you what kind of guy Jeff Fisher is. Yes, first of all, and it tells you how much like me included players love Jeff Fisher. Yeah, I mean, the you, X's had, you, and had all, you had Hayes and all that saying we let him down and all oh, that. exactly right. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it was when I was the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, we were not advanced X's and O's wise, but he was a great evaluator of talent. We played tough and that team was talented yeah. when I was down there in Nashville. But man, he got fired and he was there waving to the team the yes. next game. Yes. That's like. That's a stand-up move. Yeah, it tells it, you he cares about people. It it just it, the the big theme of the whole show was man, this team had to move a lot. They had to go to London. They had to move. They were at three different things, and that's why before the year last year, everybody was saying the Rams could be making a run to the playoffs. And I sat here and said, you did. There's too much fucking moving. Right. And then all year was like the big theme is moving, and I was like, yeah. All these NFL teams are creatures of habit, and you want them to have three different practice facilities. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, the way they handled Sean McVay being hired, one, McVay sounds like John Gruden. He does. Uh, two, like when McVay met Goff for the first time, he told him that he loved his film against the Saints. Did some things, man, that were really special. And I was like, the Saints were the worst defense in the <laughs> NFL last year. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter and scored nothing else. Right. Then when they, they the schedule release, they had that. McVay saw the fact that he was facing Washington in week two, and he went, ooh, that's exciting. And I went, okay. So then in the lead up to week two, right. don't tell me it's like any other game. Yeah, that's right. Because we saw how you reacted. We'll hold him to that. By the way, Les Need is a fucking nerd that has cool hair and is attractive, but he's a fucking nerd. <laughs> Every week he's like, oh, that's the Sean McVay game. Oh, that's the blah, blah, blah game. And then the guy that was doing the schedule was like, you got a nickname for every game. He goes, yeah. Leslie is an undercover nerd. Last, uh, two last things. Football things I thought were interesting. Uh, the big secret thing they had against the Cardinals that they learned from the Patriots was that they should line up and go fast, and they called it cheetah. Right. And it actually worked. And it's just crazy to me that a strategy in the NFL is let's line up faster. Like, Okay. Have they not been watching New England Patriots like go up to the line That's of scrimmage and break records for plays? The Rams the this year took off Thursdays, not Tuesdays, to be more rested. Yes. I can't tell if it helped or not, but they did jump out to fast starts every week. This is a new thing, man. The whole the league is changing with the way they go about it. Chip Kelly kind of started it. I will say, and, that. and I'll be honest, good. Yeah. 
Uh, last one, Rams went to London days before the Giants and then flipped their sleep schedule. They started strong in that game. Remember, they went up like 14 nothing. Right. I will 1,000% be paying attention to who gets to London faster. But what do you mean? They, 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 oh, so they, they got their day. They flew right from Detroit, right. went right out there, right. spent a number of days practicing, were not allowed to take naps right. uh, so that they could get more used to the schedule so that instead of playing at like 10 in the morning, they were playing at 4 in the afternoon yeah, that sure, time, sure. which I think mattered. And the Giants did. They kind of slept that whole game, really. Yeah, I mean, they, that was the Landon Collins, Collins amazing interception. Right. Uh, random thoughts I think you'll enjoy. First game in the Coliseum, LeBron was there and TJ McDonald screaming, where's Kobe at? Where's Kobe at? Magic Johnson was there. Kobe wasn't there. Mr. L.A. I remember that. I mean, I remember people like like L.A. people are the only people in the universe right now that think Kobe Bryant is on the same level as LeBron James. Eric Dickerson had a quote where he said, L.A. football is about winning. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Well, what teams are about losing? The 1983 L.A. Raiders are the only team that won. And so, yeah, okay, great. You're about winning. You mean Can- USC? <laughs> Yes. Rutgers basketball, very much about losing. Very much about losing. Uh, Trevor had one. Uh, Aaron Donald legitimately looks like his chest could stop a bullet. He has the greatest build. Traps, chest, chest legs, stomach. buck. He is, he's amazing. He's a walking muscle. He's 6'1", 285. I mean, people need to put that into perspective. And it's not just yeah. like it's not like some fat guy. That's six, it's not the guy that was in front of me it's ordering li- Chipotle it's, today. It's literally about me with about 65 pounds of muscle. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and then Ken, there was one time where Kenny Britt fumbled. Mm. And I'm telling you, 12 people walked up to him and said, forget about it, man. You didn't fumble. Forget about it, man. And I'm sitting there going, how can he forget it if you guys keep Shut telling up. him that right. he didn't fumble? I- hey, man, you're going to be fine. You're better. You didn't fumble. You didn't Forget about it. Forget about it. I'm sitting there going, how can he forget about it? I don't know. Yeah, it's the one of the NFL things that everybody in the sideline, you throw an interception as a quarterback, got to tell you to, hey, wipe it off, man. No big deal. No big deal. Oh, we'll be okay, Did you man. ever look at someone and go, shut the fuck up? No, I mean, I, I didn't even really care. First of all, there's nothing they were going to say to make me feel better. I mean, exactly. Throwing an interception Just is leave like them alone. The Treat it like a pitcher. Thing. I literally throw the interception. It's not only like, oh, shit, like where's my head coach because he's going to stare me down. And it's also just like, damn, I hope we don't lose because of this. And then you just go. Fuck, I got to watch this tomorrow morning on film, too. That was such a stupid decision. Why did shit, I do that? Shit, it could be on TV. It just never ends, right. And you think about all of that, and then you go, oh, shit, I got to go tackle this guy? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, no, that's after I've tackled the guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, when I throw no, no, the no, interception, no. I'm going, oh, gosh, somebody get him. Somebody get him. Oh, gosh, I might have to get him. Okay, it's time to get him. <laughs> and then and then you go to the sideline, everyone's going, forget about it, forget about it, forget yeah, about it, forget right. about it, forget about it. And, and then John like, Gruden be like, come over, and he'd be like, have the picture. He'd be like, I mean, I mean, what, what, the, what the fuck were you thinking here? I don't, I'm looking at the picture. There's four guys there. I don't fucking <laughs> so know. Ev- I couldn't so ev- see. So everyone told you to forget about it, and Gruden goes, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was definitely him, the quarterback coach. You were going to have to talk about it a little with them. They were going to want to know what you saw, yeah. if you like the play still. Whatever you're understanding your coverages, whatever it it's may like be. everything in life. You, you you mess something up, and then everyone comes over, and they don't know what to say, so they talk about it. The one thing I think people like don't always realize with athletes, especially the athletes that are type A, right? And quarterbacks most 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 times are type A kind of guys. Like if you play a game, and you've made a few mistakes in that game, win or lose the weight that is on your chest that whole night, knowing you're gonna have to go in there and watch that mm. the next day. It is a true, I mean, stomach turner. Like, it would drive me crazy. 
Is it I because would, you're about to get torn up in front of the team? No, it was just more be like because I would hold myself accountable. I would just be like, damn, how could you do that? You're such a fucking idiot, Chris. I mean, I would cuss myself out. And then, yeah, I would just feel bad about that I put the team in that spot. I mean, I really, you'd feel bad. And then those plays come up and you're like, Yes, oh. I mean, you literally are sitting there going, okay, good play, good play. Wait, there's nine more plays to that play. And you're sitting in your chair and you're like, oh, gosh, eight more plays to that play. And You can't even enjoy the good throws. You can't throws. enjoy it. You can't enjoy any of the good plays because you're just waiting for that. When Gruden has the picture and he starts pointing shit out to you, are you defending yourself in that moment, or you're just like I'm Fuck, shitting on I, myself with him? Okay. I'm like I'm so stupid. Have I'm you so ever? Have I you knew ever he was argued. really mad when he didn't want to walk over even do the picture. He would send somebody else to talk to me. I'm like, oh fuck, he's pissed. And then was, you know the picture is going to be just a bad look. Yeah, I mean, yes. Mo- was there ever times. a time where you ever argued? Uh, yeah, a few times. We had, like a few that? things. Well, so one time he kicked me out of practice because of his fumbled snap. Right. Uh, I was always kind of like the second-year guy who could take the yelling, right? right? He would make me the example sometimes for a Brad Johnson or whatever else. Like if he didn't know, yell if, at the 12-year event. Right, exactly right. So I was going to be the example. And we had had some fumble snap exchanges, and I don't think I had had any to that point during training camp, but we were like in week day 10, and ball gets snapped through my legs. Like I don't even get to touch it. And I'm battling right now to be like maybe the surprise starter. Right. Uh and even the backup because I'm battling with Brian Greasy at that point too cuz you know Gruden's collecting nine co- nine quarterbacks every year. <laughs> and he they snap it between my legs. I don't even get to touch it. And he goes, "Get off the fucking field." And I he just caught me at the wrong time and I got pissed. I was like, oh, "Fuck you." The ball didn't even fucking come close to me. Did you watch that? It went rolled between my legs 30 yards down the fucking field. And so that's when Joey got... Galloway had to jump yeah, in. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. Joey was the guy that knew me to go like, uh-oh, Chris is about to go crazy Chris on him. So wait, did the whole team, is that one thing? Because that to me is like mom just yelled at Well, the, 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 I think the quarterback, no, the quarterback Gruden conversation was a different level. Nobody else was allowed to have that type of relationship gotcha. with Gruden, right? Because they would see him motherfuck me, and they knew that was just a relationship yeah. he had the quarterbacks with. But, yeah, he got. I was pissed at this point. I, I don't know what if I had a bad day of practice or whatever it was. I don't think I got enough reps, so I was pissed that I didn't get enough reps. Right. And now I'm coming off the field. And, and Galloway. Yeah, I'm throwing a few just, yeah, four-letter words at him, you know, up yours, you don't know what you're talking about. Is he cursing you're back? Such a, and he's looking at me, hey, just shut the fuck up. He's, just shut the fuck up and get off the field. And Joey's over there, yeah, trying to coddle me. Like, it's okay, it's okay, don't worry. He'll apologize <laughs> to you later. Because Joey know. knew I was his best hope to yes, become a to big time. To actually throw it beyond 20 yards. Because right. okay, it's right. like Tim Rattay and Brad fucking Johnson. Uh, but um, so I, I, why do I get the image like Warren Sapp standing there with helmet off, be like, you know you're wrong, John. You know you're wrong. Like that's the image This is I year have. two, so good thing Warren wasn't there. Warren would have been if that happened in year one like Warren when he used to see me get yelled at or even in preseason games and I'd play and I'd be doing really well in the preseason games and maybe I'd be close to the sideline like Warren was a great leader and throwing something in my ear and be like I see that heart in you I see it keep going and I'd be like fuck yeah there's heart in me and it would like motivate me like fucking yeah Warren Sapp thinks I got heart I got heart I gotta show him All right, so that was to kind of wrap up loosely the all or nothing season 2 you can watch it Uh, look are we doing an Amazon commercial well if you if you like football it's always fun Um, it's hard knocks throughout the entire season thanks to Trevor Nicholson for sending all that stuff uh, but that was the recap of that. All right, so I got iTunes comments. Got a lot of five-star. We got, we got, this is going to be the longest podcast ever left, Gal. We're getting what, close here. That's what happens when you walk out. 
Oh, uh, and we, wow. and we have we have one one star. Shout out to Cole Alexander. Uh, he was talking up. Uh, said I was great in Louisville, and that you have uh, great knowledge. Thirteen Omar twenty one says no Ed Reed for twenty. And oh I, man, that was the big one. I'm uh, sorry about that. He Ed wants Reed. You, he wants to build the ultimate defensive back group all time. So Dion's on it, right? Um, do you, does Ronnie Lot is he a lock at safety? Oof, man, I don't know. Or do you that. go Ed Reed? You have Palomalu. You have I'm going to throw Brian Dawkins just up there. You have uh, Woodson. All right, Dion's my corner for sure. I I'm going. I think I'm going Ed Reed and Palomalu as my safety. Wow. And then who's and your other? Corner? I know Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Ronnie is certainly close in that conversation. My other corner. Man, my my mind as I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, old school days of my dad and Daryl Green, who I got to see a lot right. growing up, he would definitely be in this conversation. My dad always thought I'm gonna blank on his name. Dick Knight Train. Well, the corner for the the Raiders, not Lester Hayes, the other one. Um look can you Josh, look up corners on the Raiders, nineteen eighty three Super Bowl team. I'm uh Lester Hayes, who was Lester the Molester, they called him. Yeah. Uh Mike Mike Haynes. Mike Haynes, my dad would always tell you that Mike Haynes and Daryl Green were the two best corners he ever played against. What about like Revis? Does Revis get up? There? I think, I think to me it would be Revis. That's who you're going to go with. I'm going with Re- Revis. Is the second best corner of of my lifetime in my eyes. You want just the corners? Yeah, but I already got it. It was uh, Mike Haynes, right? Uh, Mike Haynes, Lester Hayes, the 30. 83 roster. I'm pretty Ted sure. Watts. No, but it's not him. Lester cool. Hayes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, who's the other corner? I'm right. Okay. Matter. But you like Dion and Rivas. Uh, Dion's the greatest corner of all time. Darrell Rivas, nobody had a run and had mm. an island after them like Darrell Rivas. Now, we're all remembering this recent fall-off. Yes, yes. If we go to prime Darrell Rivas yeah. and people are going to go, well, his stats weren't good. You know why his fucking stats weren't good? Because everybody in football him. said, don't even fucking waste your yeah. time. If you throw over there, it's going to be picked. I love Lot and Dawkins and Chancellor. They're the safeties I love, but right. I need to I need to con- concede that Reed and Palomalu could do everything. Yes, there was a part of Lot and Chancellor and Dawkins' game. They didn't have the top end speed. Right, Reed and Palomalu did, and they hit hard. Right, and they read the offenses, and they intercepted the ball. Uh, but Woodson was a hell of a safety too. Yes. Um, Mr. Tangy Zebra, love the pod and that that we admit when we're wrong. And he has a hashtag tag, make Philip cursing a drop. So we need to make <laughs> take an audio clip. We'll do of, that. And we, can we should get, get one of Charlotte. We get too. Charlotte's asshole in there asshole. today, too. And Say it again, of. Charlotte. Asshole. There we go. <laughs> uh, we have a one star tweet, a one star comment. Wow. This is from Cope Tweets. White liberal elites who are so condescending. His comment. Originally, the show talked football, which I enjoyed. Slowly, they've morphed into the same watered-down liberal ESPN agenda, except that they try to act more, quote-unquote, edgy. If you like getting preached at by privileged Northeasterners, then this is perfect for you. Parentheses. And no, I'm not a Trump supporter. We did have like a 10-minute segment on eating healthy, but... Well, listen, whatever. I mean, I, I, you know, do I lean left? Sure. I really think I'm an independent. I mean, you know that early July I was still like going, I'm going to give Donald Trump his due. And listen, I, yeah. I voted Republican twice, so I don't want to hear like that left bullshit. It's, like, it's, the, I, it's honestly the hardest thing. I guess we preach a little. Yeah. It's the hardest thing because it's if so. If he means preach by we call out stupid asses like Donald Trump and then we talk about 
environment, which is like the earth dying. And then we talk about what his shitty eating style. Yes, we're very elitist. That's right. I think uh, the hard thing is, is it's so woven into the fabric of like who we are as yeah. people that to not talk about it is crazy. But at the same point, look, I thought about it. I know why people listen to us. They listen to us because they want to hear football, and that's yes. what we try and give them. Right. And we talk to it, but we, we get try off to talk it. to a little social topic. What did Charlotte just whisper in your ear? I can't tell you. Is it I'm sweating? <laughs> no. <laughs> Whoa. You should tell us. Come on. <laughs> Insecure. No. No, we don't need to hear it. All right. Last she wants to know when this ends. That's what she's <laughs> saying. Like yeah, two not minutes. soon enough. When is it over? Sundiata 21. Okay, last one. Sim said America would have the best athletes in all the events. How would the talent pool in Africa compare? Remember, Amobi Okoye was the youngest first-round pick ever. Sure. He came from Nigeria. Right. How do you think the Africa pool – I see a lot like – some of the African athletes are insane. Oh, insane. I mean, uh, Yana yeah. Santacumpo. Right. I mean, I, yeah, there's probably a lot that we're not even thinking about. Yeah, there's certainly going to be some of those guys that are going to be in the mix. They also asked, do you think the NFL will eventually spread to Africa? <sighs> How global will the NFL get is really that question. Man. Because they're focused on England. I think it's going to have a China. hard time getting global. I really do. I do, too. Because I just don't know how they can make it work. And then Sundiata asked another question. Can one day fans call into the <laughs> podcast to ask questions or have football acumen tested by Sims? I think we're going to allow everything to maybe be a possibility in the future. And as they can always grows. do the Facebook Live on Mondays when we get and going And I'll get here. to that in a second. And then he says, I don't know if this is a question, but I'm going to take it like a statement. Learn to break down tape from you guys. Thank you. Sundiata21, you are that. welcome. You are awesome. So let me kind of give you the scheduling thing going forward. We are going to be doing Facebook Lives on Mondays going forward at around noon or 1. I am going to have them bring in the podcast equipment so that it's the same level of audio, and we're just going to treat it like a live podcast, which means you're going to have podcasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays going forward for the rest of the year. I th- honestly, there's enough stuff to talk about. Like I have, we went so long. I can break this up into two different podcasts, and that way, if you want to talk to us live, we can figure out a way that make that happen. So Tuesdays and Thursdays going forward, hopefully starting next week, which I'm super pumped about. I know you guys want a double podcast. Um, as always, leave us the five star review. Leave us the five star review on iTunes, and we'll get those comments up. Twitter, as always, uh, and we're gonna keep making the podcast better. We're at one twenty one, and I think we're hitting our fucking stride. We are. Uh, so I'm feeling you good. Can say that again. Uh, the one thing I want to do, kind of end on a sad note. He was someone that helped out a lot in the office, and he helped us set up our studios and our sets. Uh, his name was Aaron Meadow, um, and he recently passed away. Uh, and I just want to kind of give out a – he was a really good guy. Great guy. I called him A.A. Ron from the Key and Peel sketch, and we would laugh about that. Super cool dude. Uh, he died too young, and to his family and to his friends, we want to give out our heartfelt apologies no and doubt. send all of our emotions to you guys. So to Aaron, uh, you're the fucking man, dude. Yeah. Yep. And I hope you're in a better place. So for Sims. Peace out, homie. For Fendi. Good night, everybody. I am Lefko. Hope you guys enjoy 121. Charlotte, say peace out. Peace out. Hell yeah. 122. Man, I guess we're going to start doing on Mondays. So we'll hear you guys soon. Talk to you later.